0: Hello, oh, and for the first time in this, our first series, welcome to the Pilgrim's Pod. <laughs> thank you, thank you, and we hope you enjoy this episode and all 12 episodes of our first series. Well, my name's Will McKerris and I'm a minister in the Anglican Church of Australia, and I'll be your host for the program, which will be something of a retro variety show, So it will have a few different types of segment in it, and we hope that each segment might be a little spiritual bean for the weary Christian pilgrim. So that's why we've called the program The Pilgrim's Pod. Well, I grew up in Canberra, where I used to be a lawyer, but I've often dreamed of having a full-time job working with cattle. So I know a lot of the old cowboy songs of the American frontier, And here now is one of them, but with some new words that I've imagined that Moses might have sung, just as he was about to lead the Israelites through the Red Sea. I'm just an old shepherd. With grey in my hair, I've had many thousands of sheep in my care. I've led them and fed them and given them water since marrying a beautiful sheep farmer's daughter. I've roamed around Midian through dust and through sand and found all the very best bits of the land. But just as I'm ready to retire a success, I somehow get lead in a mass exodus. Wuppetai, yaiyo, get along, little sisters, the Lord has prepared us a place of our own. Wuppetai, yaiyo, get along, little brothers, you know that old Israel is your home, sweet home. I rode one day in my shepherd attire I spied the good lord in some shrubbery on fire He spoke to me thus as I stood by the bush It's people not sheep you'll be needing to push Your cousins in Egypt they holler and cry in working conditions you can't justify So head down to see them And tell the Pharaoh to let all my miserable Israelites go whoop a tie yi yo get along little sisters The Lord has prepared us a place of our own whoop a yo get along little brothers You know that old Israel is your home sweet home Aaron, my brother, he came along too And helped me with sort of a live auto cue I've never been good at speaking too clear So Aaron spoke of what I put in his ear Pharaoh, however, declined our request, so God had to act like a serial pest, with darkness and insects and death and amphibians. He asked the dictator to review his opinions. Whoop-tie-ya-yo! Get along, little sisters. The Lord has prepared us a place of our own. ya yo Get along, little brothers. You know that old Israel is your home sweet home Pharaoh relented eventually And now here we are on the banks of the sea But Pharaoh's as fickle as any a man So let's cross this water as quick as we can well, there isn't a bridge And we ain't got no ships The Lord, though, is skilled At miraculous trips So stand there all still While some big breezes blow And when the seas splits well, Then off we go whoop a tie yo Get along, little sisters The Lord has prepared us A place of our own whoop a tie yo Get along, little brothers know that old israel is your home sweet home get along little sisters the lord has prepared us a place of our own get along little brothers you know that old israel is your home sweet home thank you thank you so that was the old cowboy song i ride an old paint with some new words based on the book of exodus and we will have a song like that an old tune with some new lyrics at the start of every episode of the program well another type of bean that we will have in each episode will be a story told by a listener and usually we will ask the listener to tell us a story which they think might illustrate something from the bible and I believe first up we have Murray on the line with a story about some fruit. Uh, hello, Murray. Hello. Hello there. Uh, calling from Scotland, Murray.
1: Hi. Hello, Will. Yes, I am. Yes, that's right. Uh, right thank at the moment, indeed. Thank
0: you for being with us. No problem. And t- so tell us your story about fruit.
1: Well, um, yes, here it is. You know those little stickers you get on an apple? Oh, yes. A wee, a wee or, thing that... a uh, any piece of fruit, really. Um, I suppose Except, you do. Yeah, I even you bananas. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Bananas, aye? Um, Stone fruit, yep, All, all kinds, all kinds. Yep. They have the wee sticker on there. And quite often I'll go to eat an apple, for example, and I don't think about where I've taken a sticker off and I'll be eating it and then I'll notice the sticker. Yes. And I think, gosh, one day I might eat that sticker and not notice, you know, I might I might exactly swallow the sticker.
0: Yes, yes. And that's oh, a concern. Yes, I worry about that too.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, not just me then. <laughs> uh, and um, well, well, I thought that's a good illustration. Yeah. Of staying as a Christian,
2: <laughs> because,
1: <laughs> right. right? Because God has helped me not eat a sticker off an apple till now. Yes. I've never actually eaten one. So. No.
0: Um,
1: although I'm, I'm th- fearful of it. Yes. It's not happened. No. So, if it's not happened till now, why should I think it should? It may happen in the future. Yes. So, and I think this is, you know, you can you can worry that am I going to stay to the end? Yes. But why? Why should I? If if you know, God will keep me going. Yes. All
0: the way. So, if He's stopped you from eating stickers till now, why wouldn't He keep you stopping from eating the stickers? Exactly. If exactly. He stopped you from stopping believing till now why wouldn't he keep stopping you from stopping believing
1: is right yeah uh, there's a lot of stopping in there but uh, you, no that's right that is right that is right that's what I mean oh, exactly well,
0: well Murray I think that's a very good illustration um though I, I guess you can't be sure that you haven't eaten the sticker I, I mean I'm not sure I sometimes wonder if I have eaten stickers and just not noticed it
1: well that is I spoke I, I suppose that is true. It's true. I could have done one, not really.
0: But uh, a very good illustration. Thank you very much. Uh, You're Mary. welcome. Uh, please call again, Subter. Okay. Well, actually, that story leads quite well into our next song, uh, because this is about someone who was still trusting in the Lord when he came to the end of his life. Uh, His name was Joseph, and this is a song that I've imagined his brothers might have sung after Joseph gave them his dying instructions at the end of the book of Genesis. And the tune for this one will be Bury Me Not on the Lone Prairie.
3: lips of our brother Joe when the time was near for him to go oh bury me out and his voice failed there then we gave good heed his dying prayer in a lone sarcophagus six by three we laid his care fully embalmed body the body of their Uncle Joey is ready to go when the time shall be back out to rest on his home prayer.
0: Thank you, thank you. So that was the old cowboy song, Bury Me Not on the Lone Prairie, with new words based on the book of Genesis. Well, there'll be two other types of bean that you'll be able to listen to regularly here at the Pilgrim's Pod. Sometimes I will chat to a special guest. Sometimes I will also tell you a story of my own. And that's what I'll be doing for most of the rest of this episode. My stories won't necessarily have a point to them. Uh, For example, my story this time is really just about what happened once when I was living in London and I decided not to follow the advice of someone who was cutting my hair. So that story will be coming up for you in just a moment. Uh, First though, Michael Andrews is going to play us a short piece he's written called The Cleveland Street Rag. That uh, was Michael Andrews, (laughs) and uh, Michael will be back with the rest of the band uh, uh, a little later with a final musical number to finish off the show. Until then, I thought I'd tell you a story that might uh, be of interest to you, a possibly interesting story. (laughs) Six and a half years ago, on New Year's Eve, I went down to Good Street in Fitzrovia to get a haircut, and I got into a mild dispute with the hairdresser. It was at Mr. Topper's, uh, the chain where you could get your haircut for only six pounds. I went in and didn't have to wait for a turn. And I sat in the chair and began chatting to the hairdresser. Uh, She was quite young, I seem to remember, not long in the industry. And she took great umbrage at my reason for wanting a haircut on that particular day. I said that I had been invited to a New Year's Eve gathering at a flat in Kensington, one of London's very poshest locales. And I said that I felt I looked a bit rough for such a place, and so perhaps I should scrub up a bit for it. And she was indignant. She knew that Kensington was a posh place, but she couldn't see why I should have to make any effort at all to meet its standards. Go as you are, she basically said. You shouldn't have to accommodate them. They should accommodate you, she said. Well, the hairdresser continued cutting my hair, despite her outrage, as of course she was uh, contractually bound to do. (laughs) And uh, so I ended up looking quite uh, respectable, Uh, much more respectable than I had before. And I put on some of my nicer clothes, perhaps not my nicest clothes, but they were good enough, I thought, So I arrived at my friend's place at about 7 p.m., I think it was, the time they had said. But uh, they didn't answer the doorbell, even after a few rings. So I sent them a text message, and uh, they wrote back, very apologetically, to say that they had gone out to get some supplies. And they wouldn't be back for about 20 minutes. Now, there was no way for me to get into the flat, and so I tried to think of some things to do to amuse myself. Winston Churchill had lived over the other side of the road. And uh, so I went and looked at the plaque that uh, commemorated that. And uh, so that took up a few seconds. (laughs) And I wandered about the street for a bit. It was good to keep uh, moving because it was very cold. I did have a warm coat on and a beanie. Well, a beanie is what we call it in Australia. I gather it can also be called a knitted hat or a knit cap, or a sock cap, or a tossel cap, or a ski hat, or a toboggan, <laughs> or a woolly hat, or a snooki, <laughs> or a chook, or a burglar beanie. Anyway, I was wearing one of them. But I was still quite cold, and so I was pacing about. But apart from the Winston Churchill plaque, there wasn't really anything interesting to see. The only thing I noticed of any interest was that there were two women, each on a different floor of the same building, standing in exactly the same position as each other and doing exactly the same thing. Uh, they were speaking on their telephones and looking out the window in roughly the same direction. But even that was only interesting for a few seconds. But I also noticed something else that was interesting, at least to me. In fact. Uh, to me, extremely interesting. i had known these friends I was visiting in Canberra in Australia, which is where I grew up, and they had come over to London about a year before I had, uh, when one of them had been posted over with the Australian government. Now, before they came over, they had owned a red Honda Civic hatchback, and I had assumed that, seeing as they were coming over for at least three years, uh, they would have sold it, But here, on the street, outside their Kensington flat, was a red Honda Civic, exactly the same colour and model as the one they had had in Canberra. And I thought, surely uh, they wouldn't have driven to London when they moved. (laughs) Or surely the department hadn't uh, paid for their car to be shipped all the way here. Paying for a flat in Kensington was one thing, but shipping a car over, surely, surely not. Well, it was possible, of course, uh, that there just happened to be another car of the same type as theirs uh, there on the street. And so I decided I would try to see if I could see anything in the car that would identify it as theirs. (laughs) So I peered through the back window and uh, through the front left window, and the front right window, and the back left window, and the back right window. And because it was dark, I had to peer quite intensely. (laughs) But as much as I peered, I couldn't see anything in there that looked like it might be theirs. So I gave up looking at the car, which meant I now had nothing else to do at all. Uh, But after a few minutes, my friends got home. And so we went in and had dinner together. Just a low-key dinner uh, to bring in the new year. I think one other person came along too. And it turned out it wasn't my friend's car, by the way, they said. Uh, As if we'd driven all the way here, uh, they said. (laughs) (laughs) Now, my friends had come to know another woman in their building, a lady who was a bit older. And uh, they'd said she might be quite lonely, being all by herself on New Year's Eve. And uh, so they suggested we go down and say hello and uh, spend a bit of time with her, uh, which we did at about nine o'clock. Now, shortly after we arrived, uh, this lady recognised me as the person who had been down on the street a couple of hours before. And she said that she had been very concerned about me, very concerned uh, indeed. She thought that I might be up to no good no good at all and the more she watched me the more concerned she became because I'd been looking in the windows of this car and generally loitering about and soon she decided to ring her neighbour on the next floor to ask her if she also thought that I looked suspicious (laughs) Uh, so they were both there looking at me uh, talking to each other on the phone and the neighbour agreed that I looked very suspicious. And uh, so they decided uh, that they would call the police. And uh, they were just discussing who would do it. But then, uh, for no particular reason, I had taken my beanie off. And they thought, he looks like a nice, clean-cut young fellow. <laughs> <laughs> His hair is uh, nice and short, but not too short. <laughs> there must be some innocent explanation, which of, of course there was. And uh, so the police were not summoned. And I was very welcome in uh, Kensington that night. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, thank you, and I'll tell you a story like that in many of our other episodes as well. Well, our band leader here at the Pilgrims pod is Paul Enns, and he's going to sing a song for us in most of our episodes, and here he is now with a song about the great day in the future when Jesus will return to earth, bringing heaven down with him. So my thanks to Paul, also to our other musicians, Michael Andrews, John Bergdahl, Sam Folds, John Childress, Tom Bender, Samuel, Daryl Thompson and Steve Messer. Especially to Steve and his band Strange Country for our theme music. Thanks also to our sound engineers, Chris Ferguson, Andy Beer and Shane Wall and to Phil Gallagher for his help with this episode as well. My name's Will McCarris, this has been The Pilgrim's Pod. Goodbye.
2: Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing his mercy and his grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, he'll prepare for us a place when we all get to hell. Sing and shout the victory. While we walk the pilgrim pathway, clouds will overspread the skies. But when travel Sing and shout the victory. then be true and faithful trusting serving every day just one The
0: you've been listening to the Pilgrim's Pod. If you've been liking our peas and our beans, please head to our website, pilgrimspod.org, where you can watch a couple of music videos that we've made. We've also made an album of most of the Bible songs that I sing on the program with narration in between to make for an overview of the whole Bible story. So please head to pilgrimspod.org if you're keen to hear that and please do listen here again next time
2: too.